Take your Bibles, everybody, and let's turn to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1 tonight, we have now worked our way through verses 1 through 12. Last Sunday morning, the passage on temptation, which is verse 13 through 18. Tonight, we begin at verse 19. James chapter 1, verse 19. Now, as you're finding your place there, as we study great followers of Christ, there's something that stands out to me. Those who have a real passion for the Word of God, they have a work of the Spirit that just seems to summon from their soul that truth that they have put in their heart, and they live at a different level of spiritual victory. They don't live at a different level of tribulation, trials, or trouble, just like we read in verses 1 through 12, but they live at a different level of focus, perspective, wisdom, and it's because they have learned to, to cherish the Word of God. Any strong, strong follower of Christ that's just a standout follower, you can trace it back to that person who loves the Word of God. That's what this passage is about. It's all about the power of God's Word. Let's read it together. Understanding this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen slow to speak. That's hard to do, isn't it, church? Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Why don't you underline that word, word, right there in verse 21. And when you see it again in verse 22, underline it. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are not only fooling yourselves, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, which is the word of God, the perfect law, but that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I want us to be a church marked by listening and doing. I want us to be a church marked by people who are summoned by this word, put the word so deep in our hearts that in the course of everyday life, the spirit can summon that which is in us, that which has been hidden in our heart so that we have a shield, so that we have a source, so that we have an empowerment to confront the challenges of life in wisdom, in knowledge, in perspective, in attitude that would cause me to prevail. The word of God, may we be marked by not only listening, but doing. And as that happens, I want to tell you, there will be a, a bursting forth of spiritual life in this community. As people who hear the word also do it, it will be profound. It will be life-changing. God bless you, Chance. Uh, <laughs> verse 19, notice what it says here about the word of God. Humbly accept the word. Humbly accept the word. Here's what I'd like for us to pray. God, keep us teachable. A teachable spirit. Quick to hear. Quick to receive. Not prideful. Oh, I've heard that. There's nothing else for me to know. But Lord, may I have a hunger nurtured in my soul for more of you. 
Lord, I've heard it, but I want to hear it again. I've read it, but I want to read it again. Let a grace come off the page through a passage that I've read a hundred times, and may it be more precious to me than gold. Oh, the power of God's Word. Receive it humbly. I remember sitting in Bible college, and there was this guy who had sat right in front of me. He wasn't taking notes. He never uh, listened when we were given our reading assignment. The syllabus, he, he just threw it away. I said, what's the deal? He said, I'm auditing this class. In other words, he was attending, but because he was auditing the class, he was not going to be held accountable for what he was hearing. He was not going to be given tests. He was just there to listen. While the rest of us were not only there to listen, but we would be then called on to respond, what do we now know out of all that we have heard? And I don't want us to audit the Bible. I don't want us to come in in services like this and audit sermons. I don't want us to have that attitude of just the listener, but the listener who has a, a plan to put it into action. The book of James is all about Christianity in action. If the Word says it, then I'm going to do it. If the Word says don't do it, then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let this Word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This Word will be the leader of my life. Oh, a passion and a hunger for the Word of God. I would say let's remember it constantly. It's interesting that he says be careful. Be careful with the Word. Be careful how you receive it. And he uses the most bizarre illustration that if we just listen to the Word and walk away, and forget it, it's like looking in a mirror and then forgetting what we have just seen. I mean, he, he is reaching out there for a ludicrous illustration to say how ridiculous, how unnecessary to just listen to the word but not do it. We know about the wise man. He was the one who not only heard the word but then he acted on it and it was his house that was built upon the rock. And when the storm came, his house remained, his house was strong. That's what we're called on. Matter of fact, an interesting thing about James is how many times he alludes to the Sermon on the Mount. It is an amazing, fascinating part of this entire book. We are taught in this passage to not just listen to the Word, but do it, so obey it. Obey it, receive it, remember it, obey it, take it into your heart. I just have one word that I want you to have. It's the word saturate. We need to be saturated with the Word of God. We need to take in the Word of God over and over and over and over and over again. Tonight, I want to try and raise the value of the Word in our vision. Turn with me to Psalm 19. Psalm 19, if you will. would make no sense to talk about the Word and not have a lot of Scripture. Matter of fact, I think before we even get to Psalm 19, I, I feel a leading to go to Matthew 13. Let's go to Matthew 13 before Psalm 19. Look at Matthew 13 with me, please. This is that classic parable about the farmer scattering seed. This is verse number 3. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. 
but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to these people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. We see the importance of the seed being the word of God and the seed being planted in our heart, but our heart has to be good ground. There's no way for my heart to be good ground if I don't desire the seed of God's word. That means I, I am controlled by the, the things of life, the many worries of life. My, the soil of my spiritual life will be shallow and the seed cannot take root. Now to Psalm 19, let's just look at the work of the word. Let's look at the value of the word through this psalm. I'll begin reading at verse number seven. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. When it says that the instructions or the law of the Lord is perfect, it's authoritative. It is the moral authority. I know we have a lot of cultural influences but let me say it once again. This is the word of truth. This defines how life should be lived. This defines the role of a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, a student, a young adult, a senior adult. This is how life works. This is the law of God, and it is perfect. It is relevant. It doesn't need to be added to. It doesn't need to be taken away from. It is the living, perfect word of God. He's covered everything in this book, and it's so incredible. It says it revives the soul. Revive doesn't mean just to refresh. It means to literally change. It means to transform. I don't want to miss the one thing I have in my life that can literally transform me. I don't want to leave it sitting on the shelf. I don't want to just have a word for the day. I want to get into the word of God until it gets so in my soul, it's engrafted and it begins that transformation that the Bible says that it can have. Look on with me in Psalm 19. It says, the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. It means the testimony of the Lord, it is trustworthy. What he says is true. Everything else changes. Everyone else changes. But God never changes. He is trustworthy. The word of God is always going to point us into magnetic north in the way that God wants us to go. Continue looking at Psalm 19. It says it makes wise the simple. He has all knowledge. He has eternal perspective. He has infinite experience. And when I look to the word of God, I receive the wisdom of God, wisdom that is way beyond my level of knowledge, my perspective, or my level of experience. I can ask God who will give liberally to those who ask his wisdom, making wise the simple. Verse number eight, 
the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. When it says they are right, it means it sets you in the right direction. If I want to know how to be a great man of God, I look to the Word. If I want to know how to be a great husband, I look to the Word. If I want to know how to be a great parent, I look to the Word. A great businessman, I can look to the Word of God. It sets me in the right direction. And then it says it brings joy to the heart. Gatorade is is incredible. It's a replenisher. And their great mantra is, is it in you? I want to know, is the Word of God in us? Because if the Word of God is in us, there's going to be a joy. Because as we read the Word, there's a grace on the Word. There's a power on the Word of God. It is personal to our hearts, and it'll bring joy to the heart. You can always tell what's happening on the inside by how someone's doing on the outside. And then let's continue on with the Scripture. It says that the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart, and the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. And it says they are clear. It makes complex things simple. You then are on a level of able to process things from a perspective that other people don't have. What we looked in in the life of Joseph today, we saw that Joseph, he had a clarity about his thinking so he could process the pits. He could process prison. He could process through those things because he had a wisdom. He had a clarity about his vision. That's the power of the Word of God. Why wouldn't I want as much as I could possibly get? Now we're looking at verse 9. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. It is relevant. It is powerful. And I cherish the Word. I tremble at the Word of God. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. That's, a, that's judicial terminology, and it's speaking of the power and the truth of God's Word. Then look at verse 10. It kind of shifts and talks about the value. They, meaning the Word, the laws, the precepts, they are more desirable than gold, even than finest gold. It's saying that the Word of God is priceless. It's priceless. Why would I just listen and not do it? This is priceless. I would even say to us, let's, let's memorize the Word. Let's put this word in our hearts so that the Spirit of God can summon that word in the time of challenge. You say, well, I, I don't, I'm not very good at that. I want to tell you, if I said, I'll give you $1,000 for every verse you memorize, I would say we could memorize some verses. I mean, at least John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. I mean, we would, we would be able to hide the word in our heart. And the reason is because we saw a certain value. Because there was money added, because that is valuable to us, then we could find an ability that otherwise we didn't think we have. This is more precious than gold. More to be desired than gold. It's how life works. It makes life work. This is the Word of God. Let's take it into our soul and let's live it out every single day. Sweeter than honey. It's not only priceless, it's precious, it's pleasurable. In that day, honey was, was a precious commodity. They would use honey. The very first day, a child started to memorize the Torah. They would touch honey to their lips at the first reading of the Word of God so that they would Acquaint the Word of God with that which was 
most desirable. I want that to be in the hearts of all of us, that when we talk about the word of God, there would be a passion that rises in us that nothing would be more precious than the word of God. We would take in the word of God until it revolutionizes our life. We would hunger for the word. We would literally crave the word of God. Just pause for a moment. Is that your attitude toward the word? Such a hunger that you crave the word of God. Then in the New Living Translation, I want you to hear the remaining verses of Psalm 19. Speaking of the word, they are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. Speaking about the power of the word to let me know who I really am, to then give me the power to deal with who I really am and what's really going on in my heart. This word is saying it will give us success. Holding your place there because there's one last verse that you need to see, but go over to Joshua. Let's go to the book of Joshua chapter one. This word gives success. Joshua chapter one, and I will read verse seven. I want you to see it and I want you to hear it. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. That is the power of the word. It brings success. That's what Psalm 19 is saying. Before we read the last verse of Psalm 19, let's look at Psalm 1. Psalm 1, it's one of my favorite psalms. It's so powerful. We'll look at the first three verses. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with the sinners or join with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. That is the power of the word of God operating in the life of the people of God. Successful, strong, prospering, prevailing, enduring, consistent, effective, fruitful. That's the church that we want to be. So we're going to be a people who listen and obey the word of God. Psalm 19 verse 14. With this I'll close. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The words of my mouth are going to be influenced by the meditations of my heart. And the meditations of my heart goes back to the soil of my heart and the seed planted in that soil. Goes back to being so in the word of God and such a hunger for the word of God that I'm taking in the precepts, the laws, the commands, the testimonies of the Lord until it shapes the way I think, which then shapes the way I speak. Because the one 
verse that we've not read yet in James chapter 1 is all about our speech. Is, isn't it interesting that he spends these verses on the power and the importance of the word and then he's going to talk about our words. So that if we are so influenced by the word, then the meditations of our heart and the words of our mouth will be pleasing. We already know they're powerful. But they will direct us, they will guide us in the steps that are ordered of God. So that we are encouraging to one another. See, when Branch was up here, I looked at Kelly and I said, when he gets through, I'm, I'm going to hit my feet and clap my hands. Why? Because that's a teenager that could be out anywhere tonight. Doing any number of things. And he's up here singing and it was the very word of God. So I hit my feet. I clapped throughout the Razorback game yesterday until the very end. Had no problem with it. Brett Favre. Six and oh. Amazing. Clap my hands. I tell you, we should be impressed a lot more when we see the word of God operative in the heart of a young man and a young woman of God. And, oh, let me preach for a moment. We should know a whole lot more about the word of God than we do statistics about some 20-year-old that's taking a ball down a field. If I know more about the, 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 the latest sports team than I do the Word of God, I need to come under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God until I get back to the Word of God, until I love God more than anything else. I love sports. I love to watch sports. I love to play sports. But I want to tell you, we're idolizing this stuff in this present day. It's overwhelming. It's overtaking. I want the Word to be like that in our heart. Can you imagine if we desired the word as much as we do the next game or shopping trip? Want to include everybody. Don't want to miss my audience. Kelly went to this war eagle thing. God bless anybody that would do that. Hallelujah. Muddy, cold. People would never put up with that and go to church. People have to wait in line at church or they come in church and somebody's in their seat. <laughs> or a new person comes and you're sitting there and you're looking up like, you want me to scoot over, but I, I don't think, I am not scooting. We want the temperature right, the music right, the levels right, the rhythm right, the tradition right. We want it all. I, if we'll just fall in the love with the Word, here's what the Bible says. If you love the Word of God, nothing will offend you. Come on. Passion for the Word of God. Come on, stand everybody and let's praise God for the Word of God. Put your hands together tonight that we've been given the living Word of God. Thank you, Jesus, for the Word. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of the Word. Lord, tonight, I pray that we here at the assembly would have a passion for your Word. That we would crave and hunger the Word of God. Lord, if that is not our attitude, then forgive us. And thank you for the opportunity to have that heart. To be like the psalmist, planted by the rivers of living water. 
to be like Joshua, not turning to the left or to the right, not getting distracted, but staying so focused on the Word that then our life is successful. Letting the Word of God define us and not those around us. Letting the Word of God define us and not our circumstances. Letting the Word of God be our source of joy and not the happenings around us. Letting the Word of God be the fuel of my attitude and not weather patterns. God, may we have such a passion, such a hunger for the Word that the meditations of our heart and the words of our mouth would be pleasing in your sight. That's our prayer. That's my prayer for us as a church trying to be the church, not just go to church. That we would understand the relationship between listening and doing. Unite us in a desire to be marked by living it out. Applying the word. Going to join you tonight, church, and let's just all have a time of confession before the Lord where we have not applied the word like we should, we've not hungered after the word like we should, and we nurture cultural interests until our passion for cultural things is greater than for biblical things. May our heart be set ablaze for you tonight, Lord. Forgive us, forgive me, forgive me, Lord. Thank you for the word so powerful that it can divide between the thought and the intent of my heart. It has that kind of precision, that kind of clarity. word that has the power to change me I want it in my life I want it in my home I want it in this church I pray that every class gathering would be careful to keep the word central whether it be Sunday morning or Wednesday a different day in the week that we would keep the word as central because it's only the word that has the power to bring transformation Lord, as we illustrate, as we try to make the application, we would never lead with the illustration. We would lead with the Word and let the illustration only be like a parable that helps us to understand and apply the Word. I pray for our children that they would be founded upon such the rock of Christ because we are pouring the word into them. Lord, they're not going to get it anywhere else unless they get it in the home and in this church. I pray for every teacher of our children that they would be anointed to teach the word of God. I pray for every youth leader that sows into the hearts of our youth that they would be anointed to declare the word of God over our young adults over every adult, over all of our teaching team that pours into hundreds of people every week. May we be anointed to teach the Word. And as we teach it, may people realize we actually love the Word. We, we have a personal passion for the Word. 
for every senior adult. Passion for the Word. Spirit of the living God. You're working in us. Showing us how to put our faith into action. So that we're built on the rock. So that we can shine as a lighthouse here and around the world.